0: Welcome back to the Moose Bros Podcast, where we continuously cheer for teams that just let us down. My name is Harris, Huncho Harris on the Graham. here with my brother Armin, Armin Moose on the Graham. Week two is in the books. Monday Night Football is in the books. Sam Pellagrino back. Let's get this money. All right, so week two... The top storyline seems to be injuries. We got a lot of guys tearing their ACL for some reason. It makes no sense.
1: I think the entire uh, San Francisco team, yeah. like, broken half. Yeah, right?
0: I know. I mean, they had they lost uh, Bosa and Solomon Thomas on the defense. Both had ACL injuries, I think. Both are out for the year. And then Jimmy G and uh, Mostar went down yeah, too, right? Them two went down too. Uh, but them two aren't down, out for the year. They're just, uh, I don't know, they're out for a few weeks. Kyle Shanahan actually complained about the field there, but they said – I heard someone went and checked and said it was all in compliance, so he really didn't have anything to complain about. He was just they, – They fucking – they greased it up before the –
1: they were trying so desperate to get a win. They're like, let's fucking put some grease out
0: here and see what happens. Well, they actually have to go back now and play the Giants there. So I'm, I'm sure he's not too happy about that one.
1: Oh, they got to go back to MetLife
0: and play the Giants? Yep.
1: Oh dude, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna go out there and play in hiking boots. Dude, they're not taking any risks. Everyone's gonna come out in bubble wrap and just be like, "Fuck."
0: Yeah, that's probably their best idea. They probably they should probably go for that. Speaking of the Giants, Saquon got hurt too. That's a big blow. That's probably the biggest yeah, one. Yeah,
1: he's like their entire offense.
0: They're gonna struggle without him. I mean, their
1: offensive line was like already really bad, and if Saquon can't make it work with that offensive line, then I don't know. Who yeah, can. Daniel Jones. So it's gonna it's gonna I, be rough. Yeah, I think that's going to be a huge blow for the Giants. I mean, a huge blow for him, too, because in his third year, nobody wants to see a star back just go down like that, especially in ACL. Um, you know, it's it's funny because I feel like now, like after Adrian Peterson came back from his ACL and like tore up the league, I feel like that's almost, for a lot of people now, they're like, well, with the advancements and medical you know, blah, 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 you know like ACLs are just a, uh, ankle sprain nowadays like, I call horse shit on that dude oh, like, 100%. Not, not only like um, from a recovery standpoint I mean cause even like for instance A-Rob he came back from his ACL too but like I'm sure there is more advancements and like you know, they do recover better. They're more they're stronger and all that. But I think the mental game of, like, think about after you tear your ACL and for a running back, that's, like, everything to you. And then, like, you got to go and cut and weave again. Like, there's no way you're, like – I think the mental part of that is always overlooked of, like – because I've sprained my ankles a bunch of times. And I know when I go and play basketball again, I'm not going for a rebound. I don't care anymore. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not even taking that risk. Obviously, like, he's a competitive athlete. He's going to go out and take that risk. But I think that mental – You know, everyone talks about the medical advancements, about coming back from injuries, but I think that mental game is overlooked.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, like you said, in basketball, you're coming down from a a rebound. You just step on another guy's ankle, and there you go, spraining it again. For him, I'm sure like a lot of people are going to say, oh, you know, he's going to have linemen diving at his knees and whatnot. He's going to be scared of that. But I think just running and making cuts, like you said, that's probably going to scare him a lot too. Like, you can't put weight on that like you used to, or at least not until you get comfortable with it. You're, you're going to be scared until you make some serious cuts and get comfortable with it. I don't think recovery is just as simple as being like, oh, yeah, we've advanced so far technologically that, you know, it's no, no big deal. I'm sure that's what they tell him just to make him feel better. But at the end of the day, he's still got to, you know, get comfortable running again.
1: Yeah, and and in all, honestly, I can only imagine being an athletic trainer or a doctor in a team. Like, imagine telling Saquon his season is done because he tore his ACL. I feel like as a trainer, like in professional sports, you really have to have like a lot of guts because it's like you're going to have to sit and tell the honest truth to this player like, dude, you're done. And you have to sit and watch them go through their pain physically and mentally. Think about like just, you know, playing the sport you love every single day for your life and then it's just taken away from you, but yeah I think that stuff just kind of crossed the NFL you know the week one I was thinking like do we really need preseason because players got hurt but not really like nothing like out of the ordinary that you would expect of not getting your body warmed up to hits but the second week everyone just crumbled I don't know what the hell happened
0: yeah I was gonna say do you th- you know do you think uh the lack of preseason or the shortened I guess offseason training is what did it or do you think it's just bad luck I mean plus they you know they didn't really do any Organized training, either. I'm sure these guys are wealthy enough that they can get their own trainers, but a lot of these were like non-contact injuries too. You wonder if that's kind of due to the COVID, the lack of actual training, or
1: I don't know. I I I think that for instance, if this happened last year, I don't think anybody would think. I mean, people would still have the same reaction. I just think just because because of what happened with you know the pandemic and nobody being able to actually practice and hit, it kind of heightens like. Oh, is this why? I don't know. There's not enough evidence, obviously, now to know that's why. To be honest, though, like the way the NFL games have been playing out, I feel like we don't need preseason anymore. For instance, Joe Burrow um, coming in and not missing a beat almost. I felt like he didn't need a preseason to get like that uh, welcome to the NFL moment. Um, I'm looking at, like, as a Jacks fan, uh, James Robinson, undrafted free agent running back, no preseason, coming in and being a starter and just excelling in it. It's interesting. Part of me, maybe it's because, like, the preseason gives other teams some film. And so when it comes to the season, they have a better idea of what, you know, for instance, if Joe Burrow has reps as a starter um, with, you know, with three, four games of preseason, you could see, you could, like, get an idea of his tendencies versus no preseason. Now you don't have any tendencies. So the first four games of the regular season, when you start to see some... I don't know, but I feel like preseason, because it's always been a debate, should we have preseason or not versus like because of injuries and just getting teams and reps and all that. I kind of feel like you don't need it.
0: I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of undrafted free agents and late round picks that would disagree with you. Uh, I know you mentioned uh, Robinson, you know, he kind of came out hot um burrow i mean burrow was a first overall pick i guess if he if he does good in his first few games you're just kind of like yeah you know this, this guy's nfl ready like this is what you expect that's why he was drafted so high but yeah i mean if you saw like stefan diggs just cook the miami rookie you'd be like yeah this guy probably could have used a preseason to get ready for the talent that the nfl is gonna have even jeff okuda who got burned by aaron Rodgers yesterday like
1: I mean, I, I get that, and it's like they need like rookies need more time. But at the end of the day, it's like even if that guy has four games of preseason, how much more ready is he to face a Stephon Diggs, a top wide receiver, or Jeff Akuta uh, How much more ready is three games of preseason playing vanilla, you know, offenses and coverages going to help him to play uh, Aaron Rodgers? Now, I guess you could say adjusting to the
0: game speed, but I feel like most
1: NFL athletes will say preseason is nothing like regular season.
0: Maybe. Uh, I mean, that is an extra month though of exposure, I guess, I guess maybe not preseason, maybe if you cut preseason down, but, you know, I think that training camp time and just like you said, uh, adjusting to the, you know, speed of the NFL compared to college, I think that that definitely did, they would need that exposure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see training camp that definitely plays a big role. Um, but I, you know, I, I think if you cut down preseason to say like two games, I don't think that it's gonna have that much of a difference. I think you should. I think the I think at this point, most NFL teams and stuff like that really don't care about that many preseason games. They rather get the regular season started. But who knows? Let's see if they you know change it. They probably won't.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely two games sounds like a good idea because you could have kind of a you know first game being dress rehearsal and the second game being that would be final auditions. I guess. I do feel back to the injuries. I do feel bad for another guy that's out for the year, and that's Malik Hooker. I Mm -hmm. mean, in his rookie year, he played less than half a year. Got, I think he tore his ACL in the Jags game. And Mm -hmm. the next two years, I don't think he played full seasons. And then the Colts decided not to pick up his 50-year option. So during his contract year this year, second game in, guy tears his Achilles, and he's just done for the year. Kind of feel bad because he was a pretty promising. Uh, defensive back coming out of college and now he might not even have a future in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the unfortunate part about a lot of athletes and I think that's why they always say, like, the average NFL career span is, what, three years or four years? That stuff happens a lot. I mean, it's inevitable to, you know, get injuries and when you have freak injuries like that, ACL tears and, you know, those big injuries, they always seem to linger. you know, like, he tore his Achilles. It's like, Maybe because he never came back fully from his a c l recovery, those muscle imbalances and all that play a role, so it sucks for you know an NFL prospect to go through that to to work your whole life to make it to the n f l just for it to be cut
0: short because you know your body gave out on you at a young age, yeah, yeah, it does it's really bad. another couple of injuries, I guess Cortland Sutton is out for the year, but Drew Locke is out. For a few weeks, and yeah, uh, not, the, not boat, with the boat coming in. The, the boat is making his return. What do you think? Honestly, he-
1: the way I look at it, there's one guy taking over the AFC West, and it's not Patrick Mahomes. The boat's coming in, he's coming in with a V8 engine, and he's gonna, he's probably gonna truck the French guy on the Chiefs the next time they play. The guy with the croissant in his back pocket, he's gonna go sideline to sideline stiff arm that guy i don't know what i'm talking about but i'm in for the boat taking these guys to the ship
0: he <laughs> he's uh he'll probably just be relegated to clipboard jesus
1: and hey, hey get his brains over there there's no talent where you go oh yeah he's probably he'll probably actually call timeouts with the last two minutes left in a game unlike their head coach
0: <laughs> another quarterback though in uh, afc west making his debut justin herbert Looked really good uh, in replacement of Tyrod Taylor. Now Tyrod Taylor is week to week coming back with chest injuries, but did you get get to catch that Chargers game? Did you see or anything that impressed you from Herbert? Honestly, uh, for being thrown in, and
1: I think he said he was like uh, told that he was the starter like right before kickoff or whatever. Um, for being thrown in there against the Chiefs, Chiefs don't have that the best defense. But just the the intimidation of oh you're playing to form a Super Bowl champs so you got to step your shit up you know I thought he played well especially considering the expectations I had for him going in I didn't think he was going to be all that good especially not as a rookie I thought he had a lot more to develop but honestly I thought he played pretty well like I think he should be the starter going forward I think after that game even though you wanted Tyrod in there to kind of you know string him along, and then, you know, once Tyrod starts to fizzle out, you put in Herbert for that, you know, juice or whatever. I feel like Herbert should be the starter going forward just based off that game because now it's almost like if you put Tyrod Taylor back, the first day completion he throws, they're going to be calling for Herbert anyway. So,
0: Yeah, but, I mean, you could say the same thing about Daniel Jones' situation. He kind of came in because, you know, just as surprised as he was to be starting a game, the Kansas City Chiefs were surprised that they're not going to play Tyrod. Now they're going to play this guy. So I think you kind of had, I don't want to say an edge, but it almost is like an edge that the Kansas City Chiefs were playing someone that they weren't preparing for.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's always like the element of surprise when you don't have film at a guy and you'll prepare for Tyrod Taylor who scrambles a lot, this and that, this is how he plays, this is how we're going to set up our defense. And then all of a sudden Herbert comes in and, you know, you have no idea what to expect. So you kind of have to play like, almost a shell sometimes because you're like, we don't really know what he likes to do. And throughout the game, you have to adjust to what he likes to do. So that definitely played, and I think that definitely played a role in his success. But also, I just feel like, I I can only imagine being a rookie, I'm already shitting my pants, let alone, you know, five minutes before kickoff, hey, dude, you're taking the reins. Like, obviously prepare every day to be the starter, but I always think that's kind of just like what you say, right? Like everyone yeah, I says mean, that.
0: <laughs> it's, it's hard to prepare every day to be the starter when you got to play against, you know, second team defenses and stuff, or you're playing with the second team.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, as much as it was an advantage for Herbert to, you know, play against a team that wasn't prepared for him, he also wasn't prepared for that team
0: fully. So. Uh, staying in the quarterback conversation, though, Dan Orlovsky, I believe it was, again, the guy with the crazy predictions all the time. The
1: guy who stepped out of bounds like a loser. Uh,
0: he predicted that Josh Allen is the current MVP through two games of the season. Do you agree? Josh Allen does lead the league in passing yards. Yeah,
1: uh, I'm as dumbfounded on this one as I am was when he ran out of bounds and took that safety and looked like a complete idiot. Um, no, n- nothing, no, nothing against him. But... I don't think so. I think he has been putting up crazy numbers. I think he like he leads the league in like most of the passing categories. But look at who he's played. He's played the Jets, who are easily the worst team in NFL football right now, and the Miami Dolphins, whose secondary is has is not good. They're not able to generate any pass rush. They lost Byron Jones, and then uh, they really had that rookie on, like I said, Stephon Diggs. And the moment they put Howard on Diggs, they just like exploited with John Brown. I don't know, I, I don't see him, to call him MVP, to see what Russell Wilson is doing and that what Russell Wilson consistently does every single year and he's constantly not putting the MVP conversation for I don't know what reason and to say Josh Allen should be MVP, I thought that's a little out of the box.
0: Yeah, I think it's a little, yeah, like you said, out of the box. I mean, seeing what Russell Wilson's doing, you know, Patrick Mahomes still, if you saw that one pass to Tyreek Hill right on the money, you know, Yeah, Josh Allen is throwing good passes, but I don't think he's anywhere at their level. Even Cam Newton, how he's carrying New England up there.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, he's putting up these gaudy numbers, but, like, if you watch that game, there was, like, four to five passes that were just bonehead. Like, he threw them right – that should have been interceptions. There was one play – I mean, most of the stuff they were doing, they were basically running, like, cover three beaters, and they had these long, developing, crossing plays – and you need like six, seven seconds to make those plays. Every quarterback in the league who has six, seven seconds to make those easy throws is going to make them. And they built a really good team for him. And his only—he has to succeed now. Because if he doesn't succeed in the, with this team, then they're gonna—you know—then the jury's definitely out on him. But I don't see him being MVP. I see him getting tested somewhere down the road and looking like the old Josh Allen. I still think they'll go to the playoffs with him. I still think he, he's enough to get them to win games. But I think we need to pump the brakes on that MVP speech.
0: Y'all sure be tested this coming up week with uh, the Rams. Yeah, they
1: got the Rams this week. Um, who I, th- I think that'll be a shoo-it-out. I think uh, Rams' office has been clicking. Maybe Jalen Ramsey gets a couple picks because he's been waiting to do that on him since that one interview. But I think, yeah, there's a, there's, this is their first, like, Potential, you know, good team to play. So,
0: yeah, I mean, Jalen Ramsey, he uh, blew it the first time they played him when he was with Jacksonville. I, I know per- firsthand because that's all I heard was shit talk from Buffalo Bills fans about Jalen Ramsey couldn't pick Josh Allen. I don't really have a good transition into this, but the choke masters of the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons, did you catch that game?
1: I start to think that who's betting on these Falcons to blow the game? Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of, uh, like, the mind of that player. Like, the three players were watching it like a punt, you know, like how they, like, are waiting for the ball to roll to, like, you know, oh, let's stop him here type thing. Like, I don't understand what the hell happened. Like, I I just – I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of that player to be like, oh, okay, let's wait. Let's got to go 10 yards or I don't know what the hell they were thinking. That was just unreal. It was, (laughs) like, they all they had to do is, like, just drop on it game's over. And they're watching it like it was a punt, and they're—I don't know—it was absurd.
0: Yeah, like they're pretty much doing coverage, just waiting for the ball to get as far as it can before it, the ref just blows it dead. It was so weird. You—you would think one of the players would be like, "Hey, let's fall on this and just end the game." Right. But no, they all just—but I mean, just to let it get to that point, you know, this is the team that's renowned for having the worst choke in Super Bowl history, down twenty-one to three. Now down was it thirty to three in this game? I mean that's that's pretty bad if this is what you're known for now is, uh,
1: and I think to me that comes to coaching, right? I feel like if this keeps happening and they keep blowing leads and stuff like that, I mean at some point you got to look at the coach and be like, what are they doing? Are they not adjusting? Uh, what's going on in that sideline for this to keep kind of imploding? And then on that final play, like how does whoever is running that special teams or whatever, how do they not? I don't know. It's just, like, you see stupid stuff happen on the football field all the time, but that was just something I feel like I've never seen.
0: I mean, you know, when you're trying to recover that onside kick, you the, the way you usually do it is you have the front guys go and block, and then the back guys come and recover. Yeah. Like, on this, on that kick, nobody, they just forgot how to run an onside return, like... Nobody blocked. Nobody went to recover. Yeah, that was you just. just it, it. it
1: was as if they were like in practice. I can't even like find a description on how did you just have to watch it to be like, what the fuck are they doing? I think even if you don't know football, like even if you've never watched a game, you're watching the Atlanta guys just kind of hover around it. Uh, you even you'd be puzzled to be like, wait, why aren't they like doing anything?
0: Yeah. What kind of play is this? Yeah. And you could say, yeah, it was an unorthodox kick, but. Just because he kicked it differently doesn't mean you just Yeah, there was not
1: even like an effort, like, hey, I'm gonna dive on the ball. You know what I mean? To like whatever. It was just like they're just hovering over it. Just I don't know. It was really weird.
0: Again, another bad transition, but the NFL last week gave coaches a warning about wearing their masks on the sidelines and going into this week. Some of the coaches decided to give no fucks. Three in specific, in particular got caught on camera. Kyle Shanahan I think Pete Carroll. Yeah, P. Carroll and Vic Fangio. Yeah. I mean, you saw P. Carroll chewing the fuck out of his gum. It's kind of a trademark, I feel like. Yeah, he probably gets if, if, advertised if for that. Yeah, if he doesn't get you know caught with you know chewing that gum, he, does, he messes out on a lucrative deal a he's got. A of cash. Uh, I, don't, I think that's – I don't get it. We talked about it before. Like,
1: if they're already tested and they none of them have COVID and none of them have it, then why do they need the mask? Maybe I don't understand this virus the way the NFL does, but if the players don't need the mask to be sitting there next, you know, sideline to sideline, they, they're talking to each other and none of them have masks on. You know what I mean? So why now? Why does the coach need one? He's doing the same thing they're doing. When they come to the sideline, the quarterbacks talk to the receiver, the receivers talk to the running back, O line, whatever. They they don't they're not protected. So what the coach? isn't getting tested then they have to i don't know i don't get it i thought that was stupid it just seems like a way for nfl to get like money or something i don't know
0: yeah i mean the coaches are getting tested it's like if you're gonna you know shove this thing up my nose to test me why do i I gotta wear a mask now too if anything the players are more exposed to it because now they got to go out there and hit the other players and then come back to the sidelines it makes no sense if you're gonna you're either going to have to make everybody wear it or don't make anybody yeah, like wear it. Yeah, I don't it.
1: get why the coaches are relegated to wear it, but not. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It just
0: makes no sense to me. And Pete Carroll probably lost a lot of money on his gun deal. You had to pay a $100,000 fine, and then the team got fined $250,000. Yeah, that's a lot of money just for something as simple as a mask being pulled down. Yeah, I don't get it. And you think about it, the coaches got to, you know, if they're yelling at players, you really think they're going to yell through masks. Have you tried yelling through that thing? That thing just falls yeah, off your just, face as soon as you open your mouth. Just muffles everything. You're just like burr, 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 and like, I don't know. And yeah, as soon as you start moving your face, like the mask is just gonna start, you know, moving up and down. It's just gonna fall off. Right. Of I, I don't. I don't get that call, but they they know something we don't. You know. And then, did you get a chance to check out the NFL power rankings this week? Yeah. Uh, so we're looking
1: at the uh, NFL one off NFL.com, right? Yeah,
0: NFL.com, Dan Hanses yeah, power rankings. Um, I had a few issues with it. For
1: instance, um, why are the Falcons ahead of the Jaguars? I know I'm a Jaguars fan, but Falcons are at 24 and Jaguars are at 25. So you're telling me the Falcons, who got blown out by the Seattle Seahawks, just blew a fucking game against the Dallas Cowboys uh, at 0-2, are better than the Jaguars team, who everyone thought was taking, tanking, and they beat the Indianapolis Colts, who everyone presumes that's still an AFC contender, and lost to a field goal to the Tennessee Titans, who everyone thinks is a contender, um, on a couple of fluky plays that could have went for the Jacksonville way, and they could be easily be two and zero. I of that I don't agree with just because like that doesn't make sense, and also the Vikings being zero and two at twenty. What have they done this season? They got wrecked two games. They got absolutely destroyed against the Green Bay Packers, and then they go and play the Indianapolis Colts, who Jacksonville beat, and they got absolutely destroyed, and yet they're at 20. Why? Because of last year? What does that matter?
0: That's definitely one I don't agree with. There's a lot of and 2 teams above the Jaguars that should not be there, the Broncos. The Eagles, the Texans, none of them have really shown anything that even one and one teams like the Chargers and the Browns. And how do the Colts make it up there yet they lost to the Jaguars? How are you more powerful than the team you lost right. to?
1: And like, I get it looking at people's roster and then looking at all that. Like, you can make an argument that they're the better team. Um, but I mean, when I'm just looking at this, like, okay, Broncos in particular, I'm not big on the Broncos. I really don't know what the Broncos have that it has everyone. I think they're coaching, I think Fangio is not a good coach. I don't, I don't know what it is about the Broncos that everyone's so high about. I don't know if you if you're high on them, but I don't think Drew Locke's that good of a quarterback. They have what's his name, Melvin Gordon, Cortland Sutton, like they're good players, but they're out. Yeah, uh, their defense is a shell of what it used to be. So I don't, I don't really, I'm not high in the Broncos like everyone else is, but I don't know. I mean, these people get paid to make these lists, I guess, but. I don't see that. Eagles as well too. Eagles have looked absolutely awful for the first two weeks of football. Maybe I'm biased because I'm a Jaguars fan and I'm watching the Jaguars but I think they should be a little higher than the Falcons and definitely the Vikings at this point because they looked awful the first two weeks.
0: Yeah for sure. I mean even though you know Washington was right below Jacksonville there I feel like they should be higher on that list too. I mean they beat the Eagles, who somehow oh. made it above them. Who, how, who, how did this guy get a job? <laughs> I don't know. Like, like I said, there?
1: like I get it. Like For instance, when you look at the roster of the Washington football team and when you look at the Eagles roster, you look at the quarterbacks, you look at all that, I, it makes sense on paper. But if it's not working on paper, then that means they might not be the better team. I don't know. It's too early to tell in these anyway. But those are the things I kind of had an issue with. I feel, like, um, I feel like the Titans should be above the Bills because the Bills – played the jets were the worst teams and then miami is during a rebuild uh and then they're actually were losing in that miami game at one point
0: the cardinal how did the cardinals fall to 13 how are the cardinals below the bills
1: they beat san francisco who went healthy they're you know a former super bowl team and then they just beat the washington football team by two scores so again like i get like you don't you don't want to uh you know overreact and say these teams are like better than the other teams because you know their roster is still in play but when i see this and i'm just i don't know i think that some of these teams like are up there who shouldn't be up there like i definitely think cardinals should be above cowboys i'll say that uh maybe not cardinals maybe shouldn't be at 11 but i think this should be above cowboys i think the saints above the rams i think even though saints lost a game against the raiders I think they're good. I think they're still one of the better teams. So I, I still, even though they're one one and Rams are two and zero, I still put them above the Rams. I don't know. There's a few things. I think for the most part it's pretty good, but there's just a few things that I was just like, yeah, I don't know about that.
0: Yeah, the right. I mean, that game last night with the Saints and the Raiders just seemed like a fluke. I don't know what the what happened. I mean, I I didn't catch the whole thing. I started watching it when Saints were up. I think they're up seventeen to seven, and. Yeah, just out of nowhere, Drew Brees, or the Raiders get a touchdown, Drew Brees throws a pick, it's tied, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? And then they just don't do anything in the second half. That was weird. Uh, I
1: like that. I like that for the, the because um, I think Ravens, they had two stout victories against the Browns, and then they just beat the Texans. Browns, like again, have pretty good talent. They're not... You know, I'm not that high on them, but they do have talent to be successful. And then the Texans were in the playoffs last year. Texans, I don't think they're going to look this good this year because I uh, just, if you look at who Deshaun Watson has to work with, he's a good quarterback, but he doesn't have a lot to work with this season. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just think those two stout victories put him over the Chiefs. The Chiefs had a good victory over the Texans as well, but they just, you know, had a scare in Los Angeles. So, I think for now, I think that's a good one and two spot.
0: Well, I think it'll be resolved this week because they play each other on Monday. Yeah, night. so
1: that's definitely going to be uh, a good game. And I actually, I don't want to get too into it. Yeah, we'll wait until we predict or whatever.
0: Do you think the Steelers being at four Yeah, I is don't like that
1: either. Uh, I didn't even see that one. To beat the Broncos, yeah. we're, we're playing with a backup Giants, quarterback. Right? Giants, they're not that good of a football team. Broncos, even with Drew Locke, again, I'm not that high on them. So I don't see why Steelers are four and Seahawks are five. When Seahawks beat the Falcons, yeah, sure, they're okay. But then they just beat the Patriots, who are a good team, at least should be a good team. And then, you know, Russell Wilson has been playing lights out. So I think Seahawks should definitely be above them. Uh, I think even Bills should be above Steelers.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think Steelers should be a lot further down. I could down see Steelers probably
1: you. at the ninth where the Saints are.
0: I I'd probably I wouldn't even put them in the top ten. Just looking at this list, yeah. I wouldn't put them in the yeah, top they, ten.
1: They, I mean, like I said, on paper, they're a good team. They have a good defense. Big Ben is back. But they have not beat anyone that good.
0: Yeah, nothing's yeah. too impressive. I, I'm personally going to call this out just because I'm a Dolphins fan. The fact that they're below the Lions is just – stupid the first game they lost on the last play I think I mentioned it before it was a questionable call no call I guess that where a receiver might have been held and the ball wound up being overthrown and picked off on the last play last week they put up a a good game against the Bills who on here are ranked number six and almost won so the fact that they're below a team that just shit themselves the first couple weeks I mean they had the Lions had a think of one or two score lead against the Packers and it just got blown out talk about shitty coaching how do you just yeah man get he's, he's definitely like the hot seat there
1: um yeah I mean I could definitely see your case the only thing I could think of is that Lions yeah honestly I don't see that I guess those two I think you could definitely put Dolphins above the Lions there the Lions should have won that first game if it wasn't for a drop and second game they weren't competitive so yeah
0: that one's a toss up too but i definitely i would put dolphins ahead of Lions. haters gonna hate so speaking of the dolphins this coming up thursday our favorite teams play each other miami jacksonville uh any thoughts yeah i got my preview coming on that uh on my
1: youtube channel at the jaguar king um if you guys want to watch that if anybody's listening (laughs) um it's going to be out there. I'm going to preview the game. My thoughts, just to quickly get into it, I think this. I think it's going to be closer than people think. I think they're expecting the Jacksonville to win. I think for, for most people, this game was kind of a for sure, the only win on Jacksonville Jaguars schedule heading into the season. But given how they played the first two weeks, I think everyone looking at it now is like, oh yeah, they'll definitely beat um, the Dolphins. I think it winds up being a shootout. Dolphins defense can't rush the, rush the passer or defend the pass. Jaguars can't rush to pass or defend to pass, so it's going to come down to who basically plays better defense to create some turnovers. Um, and I like uh, I like Minchu over Fitzpatrick on this one, so I think I think the Jags win this one.
0: Yeah, I think I think these are two underrated teams actually playing each other. I I think it's going to be like you said a shootout, especially if Byron Jones is out. Yeah, yeah I think he's out. I can see Minshew and the Jags picking on that rookie again, seeing how how much he struggled mm. against Stephon Diggs. I mean, obviously I'm gonna say the Dolphins are gonna win, but that's just because I'm a Dolphins fan. In reality, yeah, I think Miami's the underdog here. I don't think in reality they they can pull it out, but I think if Fitz magic can work some magic, you know, they, they might be able to slip one past the Jaguars. I did see Fitz and uh Minshew, though are going back and forth about yeah, yeah, their it's facial the, hair.
1: Um, battle of the mustache versus the beard. The the Florida magician's going at it. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. I, again, I could see that. I think both teams need a victory. Dolphins are down 0 2, and then Jags are just coming off a, a tough loss against the Titans, and they both need a victory to kind of keep their season in you know in play still. I don't know if they're going to be playoff teams, but you know just while everyone's still in the beginning everything's still fresh they definitely both need a victory so I could see you know I could see this being a a higher scoring game because the defenses really aren't there for them and Ryan Fitzpatrick comes out slinging most games and he might find success and like I said Gardner Minshew has success so far the first two weeks I think he'll continue that but I think Jags in this one
0: yeah I mean truth be told uh, this this will be an air attack, but I think maybe the winner will be determined by Could who's be. got the better running game, because the Dolphins are still trying to figure out what they're doing down there. They number don't really one, have yeah. a number one rusher. Uh, but I mean the, that's what Flores said was their plan too was to have a a split backfield, kind of like right. New England did. It's one thing to have a split backfield, but when but when every rusher only gets like ten yards, then it's kind of an ineffective yeah yeah for sure situation. While Jags got a solid Yeah, James Robertson's
1: been a breath of fresh air for sure. He's been crushing it for the first two weeks. Super explosive and good vision. Um, So hopefully he has a big game. He had a big game against the Titans.
0: Yeah, Leonard who? Well, I I guess that wraps it up. So those are our thoughts. Uh, Recap
1: of week one and then looking into Thursday Night Football. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. You can also find clips of these on YouTube. Please share. Comment down below. Let us know what you think about our thoughts. Are they way off? Are they not? Thank you for listening.